Ellie. Hi, Aileen. And we're here with Bob. Hi, Bob. Hello there. Long time no see. It's true. Uh, how are you today? I am good. Yeah? Saturday afternoon, sunny in Minnesota. We like that. Sorry for making you come inside on the first day of sun that we've had in <laughs> like a month. I have a brand new electric leaf blower that I can't wait to test out. <laughs> oh. So that's what's happening when we're done today. Okay, that's exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we're talking about self-advocacy. And in particular, we have a hypothesis that there's a connection between self-advocacy and engagement. And if you go even up from there, that not only is engagement something obviously that employers want and need, but engagement is a lot of, um, there's a lot of value in being engaged at work. And, you know, missed opportunities for self-advocacy maybe lead to things like resentment, which can just chip, chip, chip away at mm -hmm. someone over time. Mm -hmm. And so we were exploring self-advocacy from a number of different angles, but um, one of the things that we're interested to talk to you about is um, honing in on some of the gender elements of self-advocacy. Um, and, you know, any examples you have around um, where you have felt you've either observed others um, or where you have felt as you've grown in your own career that that has played a role in your ability to advocate for yourself or even create the conditions for others to do so. Good. Got it. Big start. question. <laughs> You're a smart guy. Questions. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Where do we start? Wherever you want to. Do you have an, a, a story that comes to mind? Well, okay. So let, let's hone in on the topic and then maybe mm -hmm. some stories will pop out. Um, Self-advocacy as an avenue to engagement, right? That's sort of what we're talking about here. Um, and I like the way you put that because um, employers that try to get people engaged or individuals that try to get engaged for the sake of engagement, um, that usually leads to failure. Um, I saw an article in the last few days about a young comedian who walked up to Jerry Seinfeld and said, how do I market myself to be a better comedian? Um, and Seinfeld's response was, don't waste my time. Um, hone your craft and you'll succeed. Um, so that's a long roundabout way of saying I kind of agree with the way you're setting this up, that um, if the self-advocacy is in place, the engagement happens. Yes. Okay. And you can't fake that funk. And the more that I can't, I know you can't either. <laughs> having watched True. you. Uh -huh. Can, mm -hmm. can mm -hmm. you fake it? Uh, uh, for a limited time. Yeah, yes. that's a good point. Ellie. We all can for a limited time. Yeah. Um, and the, and the more we force it, the, the worse the end comes sometimes. Well, and I think we're, we tend to be the victims of faking it, uh, yeah. for a limited time. Um, if we, miss as aileen put it those micro moments to advocate and it builds up to resentment and you've you've made a decision because it's more to not advocate for yourself because it's more comfortable not to mm -hmm. that can that can build up over time and it's like instead of fake it till you make it it's fake it until you have to quit until you explode or <laughs> yeah. get mad yeah fake as, it until you're gone as one who is inclined to being a bit of a pleaser 
Um, I know that if I get in that pleasing mode for too long, it usually turns into resentment. I think that's a cousin to what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It is. Okay. Do you have any, um, we've been exploring tools, right? We, we want to give people um, not a to-do list because it's mm -hmm. not that simple, Good. not that simple, mm -hmm. but um, a, a collection of stories from a number of different seats around the table that you, we could draw upon. Um, and so do you have, you know, you already right now I've said, you know, you're a bit of a pleaser mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when you recognize you're in a certain mode and you need to switch, um, what methods or tools have you summoned? Yeah. Okay. Now I know we're going to be able to edit this, so forgive me. I'm, yeah. I'm, no, I'm, you can play. I'm thumbing my index cards for stories here. Um, we're going to make sure all your mistakes are right in the episode. <laughs> we're not going to edit any of it out. Just kidding. Um, I, 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 we had a, a great pumpkin celebration at my house last night. We've, my cousin, my nieces and nephews and I have been growing pumpkins all summer. And we... Um, That's cool. Uh, and we had the contest last night. Did and, the great pumpkin come? Uh, the great pumpkin came. It was my Down syndrome nephew who came dressed <laughs> yeah. as a pumpkin. It, but uh, a couple of our guests, um, one is a public radio guy, and I was asking him how in the world he avoids interrupting people and getting, uh, you know, and, and it was fascinating to hear how they do the pauses and, you know, all the waits and stuff. So um, that story is irrelevant to anything. Um, Not really, actually. We renamed the podcast Interrupting Humans <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, okay, so stories around self-advocacy, you know, um, I'm not sure if this comes out properly, but um, I can tell you, here's a, here's a practice to avoid, in my opinion, mm. from the employer's perspective. Um, uh, I recall once working for an employer um, who, this was a, a case where I needed to sort of fill out evaluations for people who reported to me. Um, and I took a weekend filling out the evaluations um, and took a lot of time to sort of describe to these people what I thought were strengths, weaknesses, and all the rest. Um, and, and I got the, and I needed to submit this to my boss to kind of review to get the various hierarchical signatures. And it came back just rejected but from my boss um, it, um, because it didn't fit the within the confines of the parameters imposed um, by the human resources people for the uh, review. Now, quick aside, um, human resources people have one of the most critical and one of the hardest jobs in an organization to fulfill. So I wanna kind of defend mm -hmm. th that game. Yeah. Um, but I kind of got my um, sort of evil Bob look on and, and grabbed the template from, <laughs> the, um, from the human resources department and took sort of what they said, you know, were good qualities or traits for employees and basically cut and pasted those into my reviews, um, submitted them to my boss um, and got a response kind of along the lines of, this is wonderful, you know, sign it. Um, and, that, and, and that makes me feel like, it makes it sound like I'm trying to be the smart guy that knows how to do things and I am not. Um, but this was an instance where um, an organization tried to impose a particular framework on individuals um, as a, uh, in, in a way that I think stunted development and creativity and success. So, you know, from the employer's perspective, 
I'm not a big fan of employers that try to, uh, we talked about this earlier, um, try to um, create engagement per se. I, I think it is far more effective when employers try to create um, a, a space where employees can advocate for themselves. Um, and then it works better, uh, period. Okay. So you don't think they should be spending billions of dollars on engagement platforms that don't work? Rhetorical <laughs> <laughs> question. <laughs> you know, we are, um, I know I, 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 you're, you're poking, um, but I, I think there is opportunity for appropriately crafted engagement systems. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we are at the very beginning of how those mm -hmm. things can work. Now, I've been out of big corporate world for about four years. I'm about to dive back in. Um, but I have stayed in touch with all my friends in various places during that time. And I understand that the, I mean, this, this is an example of how quickly these things change. I mean, the annual review and the semi-annual review is out. I don't know what they're doing at your shop, Aileen, these days. But, um, uh, you know, I know Microsoft and Apple and the, the West Coast big companies yep. did it uh, about a year ago, two years mm -hmm. ago, probably. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that gives me some hope that, there, that, that, that some of these big systems are moving in a, in a positive way. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. It gives me hope, too. It also, uh, what it does, though, which is very different, is it removes um, a structure a person could rely upon yeah. so as not to summon their own... Um, you don't have to do the hard work of spotting the moment of self-advocacy. Yeah. You don't have to summon courage on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. You just have to do it once per year, sort of in February mm -hmm. for 30 mm -hmm. minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's this moment. And usually, you know, the other part about that machinery is that it puts the mindset of both parties, the, the boss and the, the, the uh, employee, in a particular mindset of um, it's a, this is the thing we're gonna talk about now, mm -hmm. right? And so what I am, what I think is happening is that when the employer takes that structure away, it exposes how atrophied all of us have become in an environment where we didn't have to do any of that work, right? I think that's a fair point. Um, yeah, it, um, it puts more burden on the uh, boss and the direct report to um, be doing this year round. And, yeah. and I think that is important. I am not a big fan uh, of this discussion around advocacy, making it look like employees are doing something wrong um, or like they're asleep at the wheel. Um, you know, I think absolutely some of that happens. Um, but when employers start talking that way, it offends me a bit um, because I think um, they are missing the fact that there's something in the structure that they have created that's wrong. Now, on the flip side, um, uh, as to employees, um, you know, their responsibility, uh, my responsibility as an employee is to um, kind of do my craft as best I can and feel good about it. Um, and, and I think that in itself is a form of self-advocacy. Certainly it builds credit to my account so that when I have an ask, it's a lot harder for my boss to say no. Um, 
Uh, and if I don't do that, if I feel like I'm in an organization um, where that's not allowed, I should go find a new job. Um, and if I'm in an organization where I just don't have any energy to, mm. you know, practice my craft in a way that I think is as good as possible, it's kind of on me to find a new job. Yeah. You're looking for stories, though. We want more stories. No, right? okay. or, or on it. Do you okay. have... Um, one of the things that has come up sort of thematically is around self-advocacy is fear mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In, in the person. Yes. And I said I wanted to talk a little bit about gender and maybe some of the privilege, at least perceived privilege that mm -hmm. comes with that. Mm -hmm. So even just brass tacks, going into a moment when you're going to ask for something, a raise or a different assignment, are, are you afraid? Uh, am I afraid? Let me, let me, let me avoid your question for a moment and, and tell you um, <laughs> about a book that I absolutely love and, and kind of pick up and put down at various times during mm -hmm. the year. And it's called The Daily Drucker. Um, Peter Drucker? Right, mm -hmm. yeah, Peter Drucker. Mm -hmm. Fascinating business management consultant. Um, and knowing the topic that we were about to discuss today, um, I did thumb through my daily drucker a little bit. Yeah. And one page that speaks to the point that you just made is how important psychological security is in a workplace. Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily job security, um, but, but psychological security. So a sense that, that as an employee, um, I know what the rules are. Um, there's transparency, um, uh, accountability, um, uh, and, and a certain degree of honesty. When, when those kinds of factors are present and I need something from my boss or from management, there's no fear, zero fear at all. This is a very long answer to your very question. This is a great question. answer. Okay. But if, if I don't know what's going to happen or if i know enough to know that i need to play some sort of game to get what i need um one um as i age i'm less and less willing to play those games to get what i need um and two that does create if not i'm not sure that it's fear as much as anxiety um around what the outcome is the unpredictability can i dig into if you uh, aren't as interested in, in going through all the steps or playing the game or, you know, putting the puzzle together uh, mm -hmm. to advocate for yourself. Does that mean you uh, are more bold in what you're asking for or does it mean you just move on? Cause it, yeah. You know okay. I mean? I, I, um, so let me say I'm, that it's, it wouldn't be correct to say that I'm not interested in taking the steps or, or figuring out the puzzle to advocate for myself. That, that's present in any human transaction, I yeah. think. Um, um, but when it's the, and everything's on a spectrum, mm -hmm. the, the more screwed up or dysfunctional, um, the setting is the less interested I am in playing all the games to get there. Um, um, am I answering your question? Mm -hmm. Was there another part to it that I missed? Well, I guess what I'm wondering is, uh, if, if you're, let's say it's a salary negotiation. Yep. And you feel like, on one hand, you could approach this by playing the game and going through all the steps and and negotiating for an outcome that is that fits within this framework. Mm -hmm. Or you could say, you know what, screw that, give me this or I'm out. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. to be more more bullish, like which 
Well, some of that depends upon how badly you need the job. Um, uh, really, I think um, it does. I mean, you know, none of us live in a vacuum. I mean, I've been in situations where I haven't been making what I thought I deserved, and I just kind of put my head down and did it. Um, I can remember one long ago where um, this was in a very large law firm, um, and I was a relatively new partner. Um, and my compensation adjustment or partner draw for the year wasn't what I thought it should be. Um, and in that instance, um, I appealed it to a um, compensation committee um, and sat, I still remember, with a 103 degree fever um, being grilled by, you know, seven or eight partners, all older men, of course, um, uh, around why I thought I should have more money. Um, you know, that kind of a setting I kind of actually enjoyed. Um, because it was sort of expected that people would advocate for themselves. Um, it, I, I, I cannot think of a time in the corporate world where I would do something like that, um, in part because I think it would be uh, a fool's errand, um, and um, it's not the way things are done. Um, and um, I haven't been in that kind of a context where I'm willing to just sacrifice my, do something dumb and sacrifice my job. Hmm. Interesting. Comp is weird. I just yeah. finished um, engaging in a new job and we had some comp discussions. Um, and um, I actually had, I'm not a real good negotiator. Um, uh, and I actually had um, two people that I was working with. I worked with an organization as I, as I um, engaged in a sort of a, finding a next chapter in my career, um, uh, a group in town in Minnesota here. Um, and two um, uh, hard-nosed women, um, so this flips what you're thinking here a little bit, um, who, who were enormously helpful to me in kind of helping me stick to my guns in terms of the salary negotiation, um, where I was kind of ready to just say, yeah, I'll take the job. What did they do to help you? How did they... How did they what advice did they, they did give? probably what I would do to a client. I mean, you know, they, they kind of just took the emotion out and, and turned it into a factual discussion. Um, got some benchmarks um, and um, uh, asked some questions of me in terms of what I wanted um, and helped me develop a, a fairly um, short two, three kind of asks um, checklist. And we knew which ones I was willing to kind of say, eh, it doesn't matter on. Um, and really, it, I, it it turned into a you know half-hour deal and nothing more than that. And I was very pleased with the outcome. And so were they. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that what you, what you just said about removing the emotion is something that has come up. Um, you know, you, you, you have said that on behalf of a client, you're no one to mess with. Right. But um, when you're negotiating on behalf of yourself, it's a different a story. <laughs> Maybe we should recommend that people always bring someone else into their... Well, you know, I, I, that is true, and that's Unbiased. true in the workplace, too. You know, I mean, um, we, we, you know, the there's the, what, the frog in the boiling water kind yeah. of thing. Scientifically, that's apparently that's not stories. true. But it's not true. Did you know that? I didn't know that. That's I tell not. it all the time and people just think I'm morbid. Yeah, the frogs and climb weird. up. I haven't tried it. Um, well, but me I'm neither. told that the frogs <laughs> climb up. Um, um, but, you know, when we are... To be clear. <laughs> um, when we are in a corporate culture, 
we lose objectivity quickly. You know, it's so funny um, oh, yeah. to, to, to um, bump into someone who might be a CEO of a large publicly traded corporation and they're out of their milieu um, uh, <laughs> and um, uh, the, the sort of the respect and the veneration automatic isn't there. You know, um, uh, in in some of that that goes on creates um, uh, environments where it's difficult. Well, let me let me try to. Um, I think as we get more immersed and buy in more to organizational structures, um, we're less likely to self advocate. Oh, interesting. That's a hypothesis. You know, one of the tools that you just sort of mentioned is humanizing. Um, the folks that we're across from, I, I, context is king, right? And so mm. I think oftentimes you go into um, negotiations or moments of self-advocacy and you assume that the other party has an upper hand. Yes. Because you're the one in the position of the ask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and one method is that classic, we've all been advised to imagine them in their underwear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there's some real... There's some real power in, you know, that person is going to be advocating for themselves to another power, mm -hmm. right? There's mm -hmm. some, as a, as a, as a strategy to approach it, I think, um, remembering that they're just a person with, with hopes underwear and fears and dreams and underwear. It hasn't been, or not, it hasn't not everyone been... wears underwear. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been helpful for me to imagine them in their underwear or if they're yeah. wearing any um, but it has been helpful for me to uh, quantify the value that I bring and to come with data I guess about it so removing the emotion from it and saying you know I I want to make this ask and I want this these terms because that's what I want and that's what I I deserve mm -hmm. uh, it's easy to say that before you walk in the room to yourself but then you have to uh, what has been helpful for me to think about the person on the other side of the table is what do they need out of this negotiation yeah because to be convinced because I do work here and the um, yeah. the work has to be valued and quantified and and in line with what I'm asking mm -hmm. for can't mm -hmm. just be a, a straight ask absolutely um, be aware of one's audience, I think you're saying. Yeah. Um, and, and that makes sense. I think, uh, I, I know that when people start using the phrases like self-advocacy in negotiation, it, I at least tend to um, assign what? More significant, nah, what do I want to say? Let me try that again. Um, I think I have to, in any case, be careful not to get too worked up when I hear things like negotiation and self-advocacy. They, they mm -hmm. make ordinary things seem less ordinary. Um, or, or, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, so I, you know, if I want a different responsibility for my job or more money, um, uh, I... I I like to start by just, I, I guess, Ellie, in a way, it's what you were describing a few minutes ago, just figuring out the facts and going in and, and having the discussion. Um, I tend to think of it as a discussion more than a negotiation, typically. Mm -hmm. Makes it less scary. A little bit. Yeah. 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 Interesting. 
Do you have um, examples when you think about, I mean, you've, you're, you're at a sort of elder statesman point of your career. Right? <laughs> That's what my kids tell me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, elder. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. I'll put the statesman Older. on. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You're a sharp dresser. You come across <laughs> as the elder statesman. Okay. Um, do you have moments where you have done it really well and are able to sort of describe what was true in those cases or cases where, you know, it hasn't gone the way you wanted and you've been able to name some of those gaps? Yeah, let's think here. So the it that you're referring to is what? Asking for something at work? Yeah, I mean, I I think self-advocacy sometimes shows up in these kind of really structured moments that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. It also comes along in really small ways, particularly in a work environment, um, you know, that other duties as assigned. Um, you know, some people are known around the office to sort of, well, you can give it to so-and-so, they'll do it and they won't complain. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's on one hand and positive and can certainly also be in a negative. And that mm-hmm. impression is a series of micro moments when that person has just continue to carry the burden, right? Yeah, you know, I can think, I mean, self-advocacy includes being willing to say no. Um, uh, And I can think of an instance um, uh, in my last tour of duty in in a big law firm um, where um, um, I was asked to take on a mentoring role for an individual. Um, And I think I might be a little bit of an easy mark for those requests once in a while um, because (laughs) I get them and I really enjoy them, um, but they take a lot of time. And you're probably Um, good at it. On good days, yes. Um, um, And and I can think of one instance in particular pretty recently where I said, no, um, I don't want to do this. Um, I'm not sure this person um, is right in this environment. Um, and I'm not sure that it's on me to fix it. Um, and um, boy, did that feel uh, liberating. Um, and and um, uh, I've never done it before. Was yeah, nice. that's a great example. Yeah. But I think there's something really important in, in the response. It wasn't just a no. It was a no because this. Yeah. That's really important. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's like trying to describe what you like about something. It's not enough to say well, I just like this because I like it. You yeah. have to be able to say why in order for it to be. I think that's true. I, I think it's in, as I age in my career, I find that um, things that I'm good at and that I like to do, um, I sometimes get a little tapped out. On. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, in this phase, I'm finding that um, sort of um, uh, uh, um, shedding some of those tasks is a is a powerful form of self-advocacy. Yeah, cool. Um, Can I ask, I know you to be um, a long-time meditator. Mm-hmm. Can you make that a noun? <laughs> Person that meditates. Um, I'm just curious if you feel like there's a connection between... Um, the way that you're engaged. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, the, uh, you know, I, I, I think, um, you know, know thyself is the first step in self-advocacy. I mean, you got to know what to ask for. Um, and you can't know what to ask for unless you know who you are. Um, so the, the um, I actually got into the mindfulness stuff partly through corporate stuff. And then I abandoned the corporate mindfulness stuff because it felt, 
I didn't want to crisscross those lines. Um, mm -hmm. um, but do spend a fair amount of time uh, with a mindfulness practice. And I think it helps me put my finger on things um, in ways that are useful. That's That diminishes, in my mind, what I think of as my meditation practice, because I think it's bigger than that. Yeah. Um, but I, but I do think that it uh, it has allowed me, or it allows me, um, to be present a little bit to the some of the both the good and the bad that happens in the work world, and it gives it takes away some of that Minnesota passive has passive aggressive kind of tendency, which I am imbued with, um, um, <laughs> and it it helps me to kind of put my finger on things sooner rather than later. Yeah. Well, there's a component of self-advocacy that has a lot to do with reflection, mm -hmm. um, whether that's forgiving yourself for what you, you know, I think we've all had those moments when you went into a particular moment, didn't think, feel like you performed well or got what you wanted. Mm -hmm. And the reflection is about forgiveness. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, but there's also a, like to your point about knowing yourself, it's going to be an ineffective self-advocacy experience mm -hmm. if you're not clear the self that you're advocating yes for, yes right? yes and it yes. seems like your mindful practice mindfulness practice has been i'd give it some credit yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. um you know another thing uh around being an effective self-advocate at work my opinion um is to um maintain as stable of for me um lifestyle and schedule as i can so you know one of the things that I have played around with in my four years of sort of wandering around after leaving corporate America for a while was sleep. You know, I've had more sleep in the last four years than I had in, you know, the 20 years prior to that. Um, and I'm not kidding. You're smiling, but it's true. I mean, I, you know, I mean, well, I remember that you now didn't I'm, used to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm eight or nine hours a night. Um, wow. And, you know, it used to be, you know, between five and seven. Yeah. And the difference it makes on my mood um, is profound. Um, uh, so physical care gets second shrift, short shrift too often, and I think that's very important in self-advocacy. Do you think it helps you be less emotional? Yeah, as, absolutely. Is that what it is? Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, we're in... We're all toddlers, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I will say for me, you know, Aileen would vouch for me too, um, coffee. Um, you know, I, I need to be a little thoughtful sometimes about how much coffee I drink because I get, you know, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a mood swing kind of guy. Um, and, and, and that can make a difference. Um, another, so shift gears again. Um, uh, I just finished a wonderful book by the guy that wrote Remains of the Day. This book is called Never Let Me Go. Um, and one of the characters is described as being an inside-out kind of guy. Um, now, I, at times in my career, get told that I have more um, feminine characteristics than most guys. Um, there's a footnote to that that I want to get to in a minute, though, or a very important other piece. Um, but I have been, I think, um, I have been a little too open in the workplace um, about my feelings and thoughts and emotions, share a little too much. Now, I'm not arguing for being inauthentic, um, but I am arguing for holding a little back in the workplace because it's not the same as the supper table or the dinner table. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a learning that I have kind of discovered over time. 
Um, it's self-defensive, but it also, it, it, I, I don't need to burden other people as well. Now, the big disclaimer on that is the other thing that I have um, been profoundly affected by in the last four or five years, last year, is how much I don't know as a guy um, and how very different my existence is in the workplace versus women. Um, and um, uh, I, I feel like I'm just beginning to understand some pieces of that, um, which is surprising a little bit. Gosh, it's fascinating that that's where you went with that footnote because mm -hmm. when you were talking about um, you have been, it's been observed to you that you're a little bit more um, I know, the two are... Mm -hmm. Well, actually, so I, I, and I was sort of, it, your, um, um, I'm looking for a different word than masculinity, but mm -hmm. your maleness, your masculinity in the work environment is a little bit different and it makes you accessible. Mm -hmm. It makes you accessible in a way that a lot of other men in the, in the corporate environment are not accessible. I think I've realized that over the years. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I will tell you, um, as a woman, I am constantly aware that too much of that is always perceived as a weakness. Hmm. And so the inauthenticity, mm -hmm. but, but we're both we're both making the same adjustments. Yeah. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, but the, um, the benefit we may have gained and I'm hypothesizing, I don't know, but the benefit we, that you may have gained by being, having your guard be down, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, is, is one that I think I'm gaining by keeping my guard up mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. the time. Balancing out. Yes. Well, I think that's a good segue um to talk about evil uh not evil evil talk evil, about evil. evil bob evil bob so <laughs> it sounds like you have a, an alter ego that needs to go do things sometimes and that his name might be evil bob <laughs> can you tell us about him i thought Boy, this was a evoking. podcast about self-advocacy not psychology <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm joking put put the question again ellie uh, tell us about Evil Bob, and mm -hmm. when you summon him, what what do you need him to do that regular Bob isn't prepared to do? Um, that's fair, and I, and, and, and I think in a perfect world, Evil Bob doesn't exist. He kind of okay. gets wrapped into regular Bob. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, there are certainly um, have been times in my life, uh, in my career, um, where I get pretty angry, uh, okay. where I felt like that has been what has been required. Um, and, um, so what do you want me to say about that? Well, I guess just what are the, is it, is it something that just happens or do you say, you know, I need to, to be different than I would normally be in this situation. So I need to, I would say both. Okay. Um, and, and, and I think, um, I'm not sure I can describe all the elements to it, but I, but I know if I'm going into a room and I need to take charge and, tell people what to do and um, advocate for my opinion. Uh, um, I, I enjoy some of that um, and I'm reasonably good at it. What should I say? What else? What do you want to well, know about? It's interesting mm -hmm. because we've this idea of alter egos is mm -hmm. one that we've kind of been playing with. Um, we actually have a formula we should try out uh, on you to develop your alter ego. But okay. we, we have sort of come across that a lot of people without knowing it have used as their own tool and their toolkit for self-advocacy mm -hmm. this total mindset shift to becoming somebody else and we've spent a lot of today actually talking about beyonce 
<laughs> who has an alter ego mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um and her name is sasha fierce <laughs> and so um if even beyonce who was sort of universally held up as like you know the on the spectrum of fierceness like already pretty mm-hmm. fierce needs one um maybe we all need one too mm-hmm. and as we've talked to people, people have sort of started to hint that they already use this without really knowing it. So yeah. I think evil Bob might, might be uh, someone you call upon to do work that regular Bob might not be comfortable doing. Yeah. And, 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 um, yeah, I, 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 I will resist the urge to bifurcate so clearly. Um, sure. um, but, um, and, and I like to think of it a little more as a spectrum, like a zero to 10 rather than a um, on or off. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more um, action I want or the more control I want, um, I will absolutely um, ramp up things like when I go to a meeting, I'll bring an agenda. Um, or I will introduce, I mean, these are little things, um, but I'll introduce myself first, you know, um, uh, or I'll, it can get petty too. I'll find a place at a table that I think is appropriate. Um, uh, Do you adjust your chair height? Um, more for comfort than anything else. Um, <laughs> Do you? Every time. I feel like that's a- Straight up to the top. Oh, Every time. No, I don't like that because it makes me feel short if my feet aren't firmly planted on the ground. Oh, um, okay. My, yeah. um, I usually um, uh, try to make the back so it doesn't tilt back. Like we're in chairs right now where the backs tilt back, um, and, and, oh. and I'm not good there. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, that's unstable. Um, <laughs> um, I, 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 I try to, um, the more engaged I want to be in a meeting, the more I will try to engage with the participants ahead of time, mm-hmm. not necessarily on the topic, mm-hmm. um, but just to sort of get a feel for who they are mm-hmm. and give them a feel for who I am. Mm-hmm. I feel myself moving into this as we're having this discussion a little bit. Um, are um, you trying to put us at ease right now? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to kind of conjure up what you have named Evil Bob. Oh, okay. um, and he's been missing in action as I've been cleaning my garage oh. and playing with my dog and doing well, all this. Well, as, as you step back in, mm-hmm. uh, I think we probably all, all in the corporate world have some version of accessible anger, maybe not evil, but... Oh, I think that accessible anger is useful. Yeah. Um, I think it should be channeled or um, channeled sparingly, very sparingly. Yes. Workplaces get too much of that. Mm-hmm. It's also less effective, like the boy that cried wolf. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, as we wrap up this conversation, we're going to do a lightning round with you. Okay. And in lightning round, we're going to give you three scenarios, and you have 20 seconds or less to tell us how you would respond to these situations. Okay. Okay. Number one, uh, you are asked to take on more responsibility with no title or compensation change. Depends upon what the responsibility is. If it's something that I would feel engaged or energized by, um, I don't care about title or money. Um, I like to do things that I like to do. Nice. Good answer. Okay. Um, 
Well, you talked about the mentor one already. You actually guessed one of our lightning round questions, so I'm going to okay. skip that one. Um, you get overlooked for a promotion that you feel uh, you were next in line for, mm-hmm. and somebody that um, you didn't feel was qualified for steps into the role. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad things happen. Um, how much do I like the job? Um, uh, if I do, um, keep on keeping on. Um, and how much do I need the job to be practical? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if it's something that unnerves me and, and, and I have the flexibility, I'm out of there. I mean, I, I, the, the, the um, social contract between employer and employee has changed massively. Um, and um, uh, I, I, I think it's fair on both sides of the ledger for the employer to say, I'm not sure you're the right person, and for the employee to say, okay, see you later. Yeah, fair. Okay, last question. You find out you're getting paid way less than a newer employee uh, with less experience. Talk to my boss. That, that, <laughs> that's not acceptable. Yeah. Okay. So you would just go right in to the office and... Absolutely. Yeah. Unequivocally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that a question? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And we got three very different answers. Three very different answers. Today. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So cool. Well, um, I learned a bunch. I did too. This was awesome. Thank, Thank you for you. coming, Bob. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for listening to the Professional Humans Podcast. We'd love it if you'd follow us on Twitter at ProHumans. You can always reach us at our website, www.prohumans.com. And we'll post show notes and links for each episode there. And you can listen to our past episodes. If you like the podcast, subscribe to it and get future episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, we'd love to get your ideas and feedback. So drop us a note at prohumanspodcast at gmail or talk to us on Twitter. Thanks again. And we'll talk to you next time.